Welcome to Thursday on the Pure Opelka podcast. It's Mike, and boy, oh boy, do we have a lot going on. And we have a lot of news, news to share with you. Starting Monday, I will be doing radio all across the country on different stations. So you have to follow me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram to find out where I'm going to be. But I'll give you a little hint. Monday, Monday, I am going to be guest hosting on the Eric Erickson Show, which is noon to 3 p.m. And then Tuesday, all across America for Simon Conway. And then Wednesday, in, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday in Philadelphia, and Friday night for Joe Pags. Details on how you can listen and how you can hang out and participate will also be included. So I hope, I hope in the run-up to Christmas, you will hang out with me. And we will try and get to everything that happens because... God knows there's a lot going on. I'm amazed at what's happening right now on the southern border and on the television networks because it looks like it looks like the um, the networks on the left side, the cables on the left side, the CNN and MSNBC and NBC News have finally decided, hey, there's a problem down there at the border. And there's also a problem with the drugs that are coming across the border. So it's not just the millions of people. It's the drugs coming into our country. Thank you, China. Thank you, Mexico. Thank you, cartels that are killing our young people at the rate of over 100,000 a year. And finally, it appears that critical mass must have been reached. And it looks like the administration has given the networks the green light to talk about it. Yes, that's right. I said given the networks the green light to talk about it because it's obvious that they weren't. They were given their talking points every single morning and it never included the border. But now that NBC News has jumped on board and CNN has jumped on board, you can bet that something might happen. And that may be a good thing. The mayor of McAllen, Texas. McAllen is a a great little town at the southern tip of Texas. If you go down to Texas and go all the way down to the tip, that's where McAllen is. And it's a place where people have been crossing illegally forever, but not at the rates we've seen since Joe Biden took place. And the mayor of McAllen was on CNN with Don the Lemon, and um, he, he kind of said the quiet part out loud. What we have is that we have a leak. We need a plumber to come and stop the leak. And instead, what we're doing is we're sending us more buckets to hold the water. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on. We got a leak. And the plumber we called is bringing buckets. Just said, put the water somewhere. Sure. Sure, that's that's the smartest thing you can do. I, I, I'm stunned that this is happening. I'm happy it's happening. But I want to have that, uh, what's that, my buddy Rizzioli always says that line from that great Christmas movie, Die Hard, welcome to the party, pal. John McClane, Lieutenant John McClane of the NYPD, welcome to the party, pal. Yeah, NBC and NBC News finally realizing that what's going on at the border is not just unsustainable, but it's also a humanitarian crisis. They use those words. And officials on the other side of the border, who we've also been speaking with, Jose, they in El Paso, they say they just do not have the resources to deal with this many migrants. And they say it's unsustainable and they expected the situation here to get even worse with a bigger migrant influx potentially next week. 
as Title 42 uh, is lifted. Gee, you think? You know there are tens of thousands of people gathering in Mexico getting ready for next week when Title 42 goes away. Hmm. There was more from MSNBC as well. Um, now, we just heard some of the horror stories that people face just when they get to Mexico and trying to get to the U.S. They're being kidnapped, starved, raped, extorted. That's just in Mexico. I'm just wondering, I'm not, where is the urgency here? Where is the outrage that, that men, women, and children are going through hell? And it seems as though, unless there's some political aspect to this, there's no outrage. There, there's no focus. No, there is no focus because it's the Biden administration. I'm sorry, I'm not going to let Anna answer. But the reality is they put Kamala Harris in charge of this. It's a crap job. She didn't want it, so she didn't go there. She got within about eight miles of the border in El Paso last year and kind of waved at it and hasn't done a thing. And she talks about the root causes, working on the root causes. And she was talking about poverty in Central and South America. Well, it's not just people from Central and South America coming here. We know that. It's from over 100 different countries. This administration is a cacistocracy, a government by the worst possible individuals, and you can find it in every single department, including uh, the Transportation Secretary, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, who we learned was uh, on on a big vacation last year. Remember? Remember the supply chain crisis of last Christmas? And Mayor Pete was in, uh, I think it was Portugal. Yeah, he was on a big vacation in Portugal when that was happening and not helping with the negotiations. And, and then we learned that Mayor Pete likes to fly private. And Congressman Thomas Massey came up with the best response to that. Thomas Massey, congressman from Kentucky, saying, well, that's probably because he didn't want, you know, Sam Blinton stealing his luggage. Very funny. Very funny, sir. Uh, but all, also tragic. Now, Joe Biden is the guy who's still thinking he's going to run again, right? In 2024. Joe Biden wants to be president again. He also wants ice cream for breakfast, too. But, you know, that that's not going to happen either. But Biden running for president... You've got a group in New Hampshire already putting ads on TV saying, don't run, Joe. But Representative Jim Clyburn of South Carolina, oddly enough, the state that just was granted the first Democrat primary for the next election cycle. Odd how that happened, right? Suddenly, South Carolina is uh, moved to the front of the calendar, which means they will be the beneficiaries of so much money being spent in their state by campaigning individuals. Because at the beginning of the campaign, if um, if Joe Biden doesn't run, there will be probably 20 different Democrats campaigning, bringing money to the state, spending it on TV and radio ads, spending it on promotional events. South Carolina is going to get paid back for what Jim Clyburn did in 2020 when he flipped the Democrat primary to Joe Biden's direction by endorsing him because they were worried Bernie Sanders was going to sneak through. So Clyburn is now going forward and answering questions. He was talking to the Washington Post in an online interview when this happened. 
Are you confident that President Biden is going to run for re-election? I'm hopeful that he will. Mm -hmm. I'm hopeful. Great. He has not asked me, but if he were to ask me, I'll say, run, Joe, run. Yeah, run, Joe, run. Did you notice the reporter, who's uh, not a journalist, answered great when she heard the, uh, the statement that uh, Jim Clyburn was hopeful that Joe Biden will run? Yeah, the Washington Post. They're, they're not journalists. They are uh, part of the Democrats. And by the way, they're having a big layoff issue at the Washington Post. Keep your eyes on social media. There's some incredible videos from inside the town hall meetings announcing layoffs. They started with their Sunday magazine, and it's going to move all through the organization because it's unsustainable to lose a half a million subscribers. It's a bad, bad thing. They've got some serious problems there. And speaking of having serious problems, Nancy Pelosi today, just today, earlier today, stood up in front of the media because as uh, as speaker, she has that power. But as her speakership is about to end, she realized she has to maximize it. And she was taking some questions and answering some uh, folks. And she got a little bit snippy. A reporter wanted to know, will you commit to serving your full two-year term for the people of San Francisco, the people who elected you? And the reason this is being asked, because Pelosi will lose the private jet that she has had when she was speaker. She always had a private jet available, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We paid for it, and it was a massive jet because you, of course— can't be expected to stop for gas halfway across the country. So she had to have a jet that was big enough and powerful enough to go all the way across the country without refueling. So Nancy Pelosi is going to lose that jet. And many, like me, have speculated that once she is without the perks of speakership and all of the people fawning over her, she's going to get bored. She's not a young person anymore. She's going to, I'm betting she's going to quit pretty soon. She's going to get the hell out of there. Hakeem Jeffries has already been announced as the the new leader of the Democrats in the House. So uh, I'm anticipating Pelosi will drop out. She'll resign. Gavin Newsom will appoint uh, another Republican to take her spot. But Nancy's a little testy about it when you ask her a question about it. She got pretty damn snippy today when the question was raised. It was fun to watch, though, if you're like me. Will you commit to serving your full two-year term for the people of San Francisco? What is this? this? Don't bother me with a question like that. Really? Really? She might as well have said, how dare you? Off with her head! Off with her head! She continued. Okay. Is that what I'm going to do? Yeah. I don't, those kind of questions are such a waste of my time. No, I'm a, yes, sir. So she, uh, she uh, slammed the reporter and then kind of mumbled, those questions are such a waste of my time, and then pointed to somebody else. They think they are an elected royalty. They really are. 
She um, she also was asked a question about extending Title 42, you know, because the border in needs to be more secure. The answer was typical Nancy Pelosi. Should the administration extend Title 42, do you think the border is secure enough to possibly handle an influx in migrants that we could see? Well, the, uh, to secure our border is our responsibility. Yes, it is, and you haven't done it. But continue. Uh, we always can do more. Yes, because you've done nothing. To do anything would be more. So I say enough by what standard? But I, I, the courts have spoken on that subject. Uh, it, there's not going to be anything happening in this Congress. Is there's not going to be anything happening in this Congress. And I wonder who could have done something about that. Gee, if we only knew somebody who had control over that, if we only knew somebody who was the Speaker of the House and set the agenda, you dolt. Well, because it is, it, we've been through the course now. Yeah. I do like talking about immigration, though, because it is the constant reinvigoration of America. And you like talking about it, but you don't like doing anything about it. It is so maddening that these people have been in charge and have done so little. And by doing so little, they have done so much harm. It is, it's shameful what they were allowed to do. Shameful. The other story of of the past couple of days has been uh, the situation with this um, assembly of American and African leaders that the Biden administration brought in several groups from several African nations to apparently fight what China's been doing in the region. And if you haven't been paying attention, China has been pouring money and support into Africa, trying to gain a foothold in Africa, not just because they, they need to expand their empire, but because of all the valuable minerals all of the things under the surface of Africa that they want to gain access to. And China will go in and fund, uh, let's say, the construction of an an airport, all kinds of, of new buildings, all kinds of new infrastructure projects for Africa. And then when the Africans can't pay the, the, uh, loans that were granted to them by the Chinese, Uh, China then has control of it. That's how that works. That's how the thing is actually laid out. China knows that these nations will not be able to pay their loans. So they, they go right in there and say, I'm sorry, these are ours now. You, you can't have these. These belong to us. And and it's, uh, it's a, a game that they've been playing successfully and we have not been paying attention to it. So we're suddenly awakening to that and deciding that we need to work with the African nations. And the best way this administration has to handle any problem is to throw money at it. That's how they look at things, throwing money at it. Joe Biden was talking about it yesterday. He went and visited the group and talked about how much money we're going to spend there. It's... uh, it's your money, too, so you should care. My administration worked in the United States Congress to invest $75 million to strengthen transparent, 
accountable governance facilities. Wait a minute. You're going to spend $75 million of American taxpayer money to strengthen. He always says strengthen. I don't understand why the word strength is pronounced strength by so many people. But to strengthen transparent, accountable governance facilities. You don't have that in your own party, sir. You don't have transparent, accountable governance facilities in your entire administration. What makes you think you could make it happen in Africa? Hmm. Joe didn't only uh, commit to spending $75 million on that. He basically committed to spending, well, well, all the money we have in a giant giveaway. Listen to this montage from the people at Grabian, Grabian Media, Tom Elliott, the great people who collect all this stuff, put it together. Joey's going to give away a whole Since bunch. Since the start of my administration, the MCC has announced new investments of nearly $1.2 billion in Africa, working with Congress to invest $350 billion to facilitate more than almost a half a billion dollars in financing to make sure people across Africa can participate in a digital economy. Wait a minute. Digital, you don't think the Africans have been participating in the digital economy? What about all those letters we got from those Nigerian princes? They've been in the Internet since the Internet started, but continue, sir. billion dollars in public and private finance to help South Africa replace coal-fired power plants. The U.S. International Development Finance Corporation is investing nearly $370 million in new projects. $100 million to increase the reliable, clean energy for millions of people in sub-Saharan Africa. $20 million to provide financing for fertilizer to help smallholder farmers, particularly women farmers, increase the yields of their crops. We're going to spend money to buy fertilizer for people, and they're trying to make women into farmers because they think that checks a box. But I thought the whole fertilizer thing was bad. You know, you've got uh, entire countries who are saying, oh, no, the fertilizer's putting too much nitrogen out there. We've got to stop that. But we're going to do it in Africa. But the money that they're talking about, I almost want a giant scoreboard behind him when he's reading these off to see how much we are committing to give away. This is a giveaway. $10 million to support small and medium-sized on small and medium-sized enterprises that help bring clean drinking water to communities all across the continent. We announced our intention to collectively mobilize $600 billion in the next five years, a deal worth $2 billion to build solar energy projects in Angola, $600 million in high-speed communications cable that will connect Southeast Asia to Europe via Egypt and the Horn of Africa. Now, I would like to know the companies that will be the recipient or recipients of all of these grants. Are these commitments connected specifically to companies? And how are those companies connected to the Democrats? I would like to know. We're only halfway through this uh, giant giveaway pledge. The bottom line is simple. Goods from the port. Of Kut- excuse me, from the port of Kutano to neighboring lock- landlocked countries. We expect the MCC to commit an additional $2.5 billion across Africa in just the next three years. We're investing to facilitate greater regional trade within Africa. Wait a minute. 
Why are we investing in greater regional trade within Africa? They can't figure out how to trade with their neighbors? Seriously, Joey. Seriously. Including by investing in infrastructure. We'll invest $500 million to build and maintain roads, put in place $4 trillion. We invested in Africa's capacity to manufacture its own vaccines, investing in, the Afri in, the, investing in Africa's people, developing human capital. And the United States is committed to supporting every aspect, every aspect of Africa's inclusive growth and creating the best possible environment for sustained commercial engagement. Now, what's really at the heart of this is what I mentioned earlier. The true reason why all of this money is being shoveled to Africa is because China has made gigantic moves inside Africa. China has its tentacles everywhere you could possibly imagine inside Africa. It is, um, it is something that no one's paying attention to. Well, we are. We're paying attention to it, and we hope you are too. And it's a wise thing to pay attention to because China is on the move. As we talked uh, last week with our, our buddy Gordon Chang, what China is doing to connect itself to Saudi Arabia and supplant the dollar as the reserve currency in the world is not to be pushed aside lightly. So, China, we know you're there, and we're going to try and outspend you. I'm not so sure about the wisdom of this. Remember how much money was, was taken from the uh, COVID pool of money and sent to China and to Africa and to swindlers in prisons and all over this country. This sounds like a whole bunch of your money and my money that is going to be uh, ripe for abuse and fraud. I just hope the next Congress can tighten the purse strings. We have to rely on that. Uh, a couple other stories I want to touch on before we get to uh, our visit with Dr. Michael Royzen from the Cleveland Clinic because he's got some great stuff for us to talk about today. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, Elon Musk stuff that's out there. Elon Musk is getting some heat because he banned a guy who was uh, live tweeting the location of his jet. And now it's okay to tell people where Elon Musk's jet has been, but not where it is. It's okay to tell people where Elon Musk might be going, but not where he is at the time. It's not safe because of something called doxing. Doxing is what happens when people who don't like you put out your address and tell other people, go get him. And in the case of Elon Musk, he has children. And one of his kids was uh, apparently being followed by a crazy person after Elon, Elon's kid was doxxed and the location was given. And uh, I believe this person actually got out of their car and jumped on the hood of the car that was carrying Elon's child. This is scary stuff. And so Elon Musk took the steps to block this person, suspend this person, until they stopped doing it. It's against the rules of Twitter before and now. So hopefully that will happen. The Twitter files have been put out now. We've got five batches of the Twitter files that have been put out exposing what was happening at Twitter during the uh, pre-Elon Musk era. 
And now we know how Twitter colluded with the DNC, with the Biden campaign, with several different Democrats to smash conservative voices. And we also know the FBI was involved. We know the FBI and the DOJ had people contacting Twitter every single day. It is um, amazing. Well, okay, maybe every single week. But uh, the reality here that Twitter was in bed with the government is obvious to everybody. Well, obvious to everybody except Oliver Darcy, the guy I can't believe still has his job at, at CNN. I thought he'd be one of the first to go. But maybe his lying about the Twitter files is what's keeping him on the job. I will say on this specific uh, Twitter files drop, I thought what was really noteworthy was that Elon Musk's handpicked reporter, Matt Taibbi, said that there was no evidence of government involvement in trying to suppress uh, this story. And that was a big claim that Elon Musk had made earlier when he was hyping these Twitter files. I think that's very important to mm -hmm. point out here. Mm -hmm. What's important to point out is that you're misleading people, that the subsequent Twitter file dumps include significant emails connecting federal employees DOJ employees with heads of Twitter. So your statement is a misdirection, and it's untrue. It is very untrue. Now, also with Elon Musk comes some saluting. And uh, John Kennedy, Senator John Kennedy, one of my favorites of all time, of Louisiana. I love saying Senator John Kennedy because it makes the Democrats crazy. He was on with Sean Hannity last night talking about Elon Musk, and I just have to share some of the gems from Senator Kennedy as it relates to Elon Musk and uh, what Elon Musk has brought to light. That's why I appreciate what Elon Musk has done so much. Uh, he's taken a very courageous stand for the First Amendment. Amen. Uh, the man, uh, he, he, they, they've, they've, they're beating on him like he stole Christmas. Um, he, but he, he's tough. He's tough as a pine knot. And, and the man's got guts. He's got, he's got oranges the size of beach balls. Amen. Yes, he does. He's got oranges the size of beach balls. <laughs> Senator Kennedy continued. We're going to have to get some new conspiracy theories because the old ones turned out all to be true. That's right. It's uh, it's accurate. The old conspiracy theories have now been laid bare and uh, they're not conspiracy theories anymore. They're the absolute truth. Mr. Kennedy, Senator Kennedy, appears to like Elon Musk. They told us that they weren't censoring on Twitter um, and that it was all a conspiracy theory. Well, Elon Musk has demonstrated otherwise. And I just Senator, wanted to give a, a tip of the hat to him. I do, too. Tip of the hat. And the final one, the final one from Senator Kennedy and his appearance on with my buddy Sean Hannity last night. These emails on Twitter that have been revealed, they ought to make every Democrat, every Republican in America who believes in the First Amendment gag. Yes, that's right. It is about the First Amendment. The First Amendment, the most important amendment. That's why it's first. So, so damn important, and I will fight for it as long as I am breathing. All right, I'm taking a quick break here. Our buddy, Dr. Michael Roizen, 
missed the Wellness Wednesday segment we usually do, but he's back. He's back today, and he will talk to us next on the Pure Opelka podcast. Just because the holidays are here doesn't mean I'm going to slack off and not get Dr. Roizen in here to talk about things you can do to make yourself healthier, to make yourself live longer and younger, and talk about the Great Age Reboot, Dr. Roizen's new book, which you should be reading if you're not. It's a good thing to read over the holidays. It's even a good last-minute gift, Michael. It's a great last-minute gift. It's better than a good last-minute gift. It's something that will make your friends healthier and live longer and live younger while they live longer. So that's all good. So I endorse that. And you'll be able to have them as part of your posse for longer, and it'll help you stay younger. Well, So help friends stay younger by giving the Great Age Reboot book helps you stay younger. And the people you don't like, don't give them this book, and they won't be around as long. (laughs) Is that wrong, Doc? Is that the wrong? I'm sorry. Oh, good cookies give them cookies give them cookies give them bacon wrapped everything uh doc I, I do want to tell you you know at the start of 2022 i set a goal of losing 10 pounds for the year and now as we come up on the end of the year i have to tell you some news are you ready Da-da-da-da. drum roll please i'm only 15 pounds away from losing that 10 pounds <laughs> that's not true that's just a dumb joke i wanted to share that with you uh, so many things I want to talk to about with you, Dr. Roizen. I got to tell you my favorite lawyer joke. <laughs> okay, good. Good. Uh, <laughs> I'll never turn down a lawyer joke, so fire away. So in the middle of the night, uh, a lawyer is call- calling a judge, and he and, and, and he's not calling a judge. He's calling the mayor, the governor, actually. He says it's an emergency, the lawyer. Finally, the chief of staff lets him through to the governor, and the lawyer says, Governor. Judge Smith just died tonight, and I want to replace him. And the governor says, well, it's okay with me if it's okay with the undertaker. I like it, and I'm going to steal it as well. Dr. Roizen, laughter, and we often laugh. You and I talk, and the people don't get to hear all of our off-air conversations, but you and I laugh all the time, and I think it's really important, and especially at this time of year. And the last couple of weeks, we have mentioned mental health and how important it is to understand mental health during the holidays. And on uh, Wednesday of this week, we got the news that the DJ and a very famous modern dancer who uh, appeared on the TV show, So You Think You Can Dance, and he was just sort of a, a magical light, his name was Twitch, took his own life. And both my wife and I were heartbroken. This guy was such a brilliant performer. He was married, had three kids. His wife was a dancer, too. They just seemed like they were the perfect couple. So you never know. You never know what is weighing on someone. And during these very emotional holiday times, it's important for us to keep our eyes on each other and stay in touch and keep that number. What is it? 988 the mental health hotline? Right, 988. Or you can text HOME to 741741. 741741. Text the word HOME. You will get help if you feel like you need it. There's nothing to be ashamed of. So I, I will tell all of you, try and pay attention. Yeah, we're having fun during the holidays, but there are people for which this is a really tough time. 
and you might just be able to help one. And wouldn't that be a great gift for the holidays? So just 988 is the hotline you can give somebody. And uh, tell me that texting number again, Doc. 741-741. And you put the word home in there, and that person will get help. All right, let's jump on some of this research, Doc. Um, we're always talking about high protein and getting pro- making sure you get protein in your diet. And this one caught my eye because high-protein diets might accelerate aging in early life, but they're good for you as you get older? Right. This is a study out of Columbia University and Australia where they looked at detailed diets for um, a huge number of people. Um, detailed diet questionnaires, I think they were gathered every uh, couple of uh, years over a uh, about a 20-year period and then followed what happened to them and their rates of aging and, and development of age-related disease. And it turned out that if you eat a high-protein diet in your youth, you age faster, meaning up to what age, and we'll ask you a question mark. And then if you eat a, if you don't eat enough high-protein, and the definition of high-protein is a gram of protein per kilogram of body weight. So if you're 150 pounds, you're roughly 70 kilograms, so you'd have 70 grams of protein that day. But if you're over a certain age, and I'm asking you what age do you think that break was, you want to eat about 1.6 times as much, mm-hmm. or um, you want to eat or t- 110 plus grams of protein. If you And that's tough to do, eating an awful lot of protein a day. So what do you think uh, the break age, the age break was? I'm thinking it happens when you turn 50. You're absolutely right. You're too damn smart. No, it's just a guess because, you know, there's certain things that you start, your body slows in different areas and, and you age to a certain point. And then I do see certain people who seem to stop. Their aging stops. And I'm thinking about it now, listening to all this, this stuff about the protein. And that seems to make sense. So, well, let's talk about this, Doc. Protein intake. If I'm eating oatmeal that has protein added to it, the normal oatmeal bucket has four grams of protein in it. But if I eat the one with more protein, it's like 10 or 12 grams of protein in it. Just imagine you got to eat 10 times as much since I think you're over 50. Yeah, just barely. Just why I ought to. The, uh, the point is that you, you just imagine you've got to eat 110 grams a day, and all you're getting at uh, with that oatmeal is uh, 10 or 11 grams. Well, I'm not 150 pounds, so if I'm 200 pounds or 190 pounds, I probably need to get in 100 or 150 grams of protein every day. That's a that lot. That means you got to eat seven salmon burgers or... Uh, I got to eat the whole case of oatmeal. 15 egg whites. Okay, so you can eat egg whites. You can take supplements. Are the supplements the same as eating the food that has the protein in it? The study didn't think so, but what? but didn't come to a definitive conclusion on that. Okay. So protein, once you're over 50, is important. Too much protein as a kid could age you faster, and that's not anything any of us are really looking for. Like everything we talk about, check with your own practitioner first. 
because obviously too much protein if you've got kidney disease is a problem. So there are some specific things, specific people who don't want to do that. These are general rules. Always check with your primary care practitioner. Let's squeeze one more in here, Doc. This one uh, twin study shows exercise altering how genes behave. Is this telling us that, you know, identical twins? Is that what this is depending on? 70 twins, identical twins, and they found identical twins who had different exercise patterns. One of them exercised, the other didn't. And when they looked at it, it turned out the one that didn't had 50 different genes on than the one that did. Exercise changes which of your genes are on or not because it changes the switches. You have switches that control um, your genes and uh, which of your genes are on or not are controlled by your actions. And so these were genes that were involved in insulin resistance and in glucose control as well as an inflammation. And so what they showed was the reason that exercise helps with metabolic control isn't just that it uses calories, but that it changes which of your genes are on or off. And it was uh, at least, uh, they looked at at least 50 genes. Is it is it fair to say that this now points to exercise turns on things that will protect you from diabetes? That's exactly correct. Okay. You're, you're just too smart, Michael. I'm just paying attention. We've been doing this for five years. I better get one or two right every now and then. So uh, if you need any more impetus to do exercise, and we're not talking about becoming a gym rat. We're talking about walking 20 minutes a day. This, this and 30, 30 minutes a day of any kind of physical activity. That's correct. And you will turn on things that will protect your body from real bad stuff like the diabetes and and help you to live longer but live younger so important uh dr roizen is with us from the cleveland clinic pretty much every week his book the great age reboot is out there you can go to thegreatagereboot.com for more details or just get it at your bookstore and give it to people that you like and you want to live longer for christmas or or hanukkah or whatever you celebrate and if you don't like people, don't give them the book, and they won't be around this long. Uh, I know that's wrong, doctor, but I'm, I'm committed to it. Uh, thank you, my friend. <laughs> Thanks very much, Michael. Have, have a merry, merry, and a happy, happy. And uh, I think we'll still be doing this next week and the week after, right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Good. 